one of the most competitive industries in the field of photography is outdoor travel, adventure, whatever you want to call it. It's what everybody wants to do. And there's a certain romance behind what is perceived to be, but it's a lot of work. It's a lot of marketing. It's a lot of sales. It's a lot of hustle. It's a lot of building contacts while you're improving your craft, right? If you stick with that, even when you just want to give up, you'll succeed. Welcome to Jump Podcast, formerly known as the Budget-Minded Traveler. I'm your host, Traveling Jackie, and I'm here to explore travel, adventure, and lifestyle in ways meant to motivate you to move and get out and see the world. Let this show be a source of travel advice and inspiration, but remember that in the end, it's you who takes the leap. Hola, how is everybody? Para los que hablan español, estoy aquí en Chile, en el sur de Chile, en Puerto Varas, donde está lloviendo sin parar. I just said that I am here in Chile, actually, in the south of Chile, in Puerto Varas, where it is just raining nonstop. So if you hear a sort of static in the background, it's actually the rain pouring down outside our hotel. And today I am interrupting our regular programming to bring you a behind the scenes show from the road. I know that we're in the middle of a hiking and trekking series, but I happen to be traveling in Patagonia for a special project with Osprey Packs. And I thought it would be fun to record an episode live from here with one of my travel mates for the week. Um, Specifically, I am here on a film and photo shoot, which you're going to find out more about a little bit in this episode and a lot later on this year when the final project actually launches. Uh, But we've just spent about 10 days filming, shooting, and exploring down here in Northern Chilean Patagonia. And before we close this moment, I wanted to kind of just capture it for me, for you, for the reason that we're here. Um, So that's what we're doing today. My guest, whom you'll meet in a minute, is Dan Holtz. He's the photo video manager at Osprey. And so this episode is going to cover sort of two topics. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about where we are and why we're here and what we've been doing and what's coming out of this project. And then also we get to hear about Dan's travel photography hacks and packing tips as well. He's been at this for over 15 years. So he's got more than a few tricks up his sleeve to share with travel photographers or aspiring travel photographers out there. This episode is brought to you by Escape Camper Vans. These guys are the largest camper van rental company in North America. They have over 600 vans in 12 depot stations across the country, which gives you the option of a round trip or a one-way rental, allowing you to do an epic point-to-point road trip. Uh, Think about these for hitting a festival and needing a place to sleep or picking one up for a weekend trip or perhaps taking it on a camping road trip where you'd rather not sleep on the ground. They are all equipped with queen size beds, kitchens with sinks, stoves, fridges, and they offer bedding and kitchen supply kits to rent so you don't have to pack that gear yourself. And since they're vans, they get better gas mileage and are far less cumbersome than big RVs. Rentals start at just $37 a day in the low season and it gets better because they're offering us a 10% discount. So go to escapecampervans.com slash jump and enter promo code jump10 to get your discount. And then come find me on Instagram and tell me where you're taking your van. I'd love to hear about your adventures. All right, back to Patagonia we go. I am sitting in my hotel right now in Puerto Varas, in, in Patagonia, Chilean Patagonia. 
And I am accompanied by Dan Holtz, who is the photography manager. What is your title? Uh, photo video manager. Photo video manager for Osprey Packs, which will be a familiar name for you guys. Um, and like I mentioned at one point, I, uh, I was heading down to Patagonia to do some work with Osprey Packs as an official ambassador for them, which is pretty exciting. And so Dan and I decided to jump on and record a show Yay. while we're sitting here in Patagonia. Yeah, it's actually pouring rain outside. I don't know if you guys can hear that, but um, so we figured this is a really good time. And actually, Dan's about to hop on a flight in like an hour. Yeah. <laughs> a couple yeah, of hours we're heading to the airport. <laughs> so our trip here is um, wrapping up. But um, while I have him, I just wanted to jump on and kind of chat about what we've been doing here and what Dan's impression of uh, Chilean Patagonia is of what you've seen so far. So anyway, welcome to my show. Hey, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool to have you here. We've been traveling together for what? Couple almost two weeks? Yeah. yeah 10 days now? A couple weeks. Something Did you like hear that? It's going tsunami. Maybe it's a tsunami warning. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. They, no, we're on. The, we're in the Lake District here. I don't think we can be affected by that. It's just I the volcanoes. Hear that. It's just the volcanoes erupting. The, the, no the big three deal. Surrounding yeah. Um, yeah. So we're in Puerto Varas, which is the northern edge of Chilean Patagonia, which also happens to be the southern edge of where the where the road pretty much stops on the Pan American Highway on the Chilean side. So from here south, you pretty much have to get on a ferry to go anywhere. Um, and this is where this is where I started my road trip a couple of like a year and a half ago when I road tripped down the Carretera Austral with Ford, which you guys have also heard about um, several episodes back. Um, so I keep finding myself back here, which I love. That's why we're here now, actually. That says something about the place. Yes, I know. For sure. Um, so... Why are we here? What have we been doing? Mm, I want to mm. let you explain that wow, one. Wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> throwing, throwing the big questions. Right yeah. Hard, hard questions. Um, well, I guess it was maybe about a month ago. We were planning to do a travel photography slash uh, video project for Osprey. And my boss, Vince, is like, hey, call Jackie. Let's <laughs> yes. loop her into this project because she's the, she's the right person for this. And um, so we got on the phone with the rest of the production crew. We're like, Jackie, you could go anywhere in the world for to shoot cool little stories and get really deep into a culture and really kind of like pick apart little nuances of a really interesting place. You're like, oh man, chill away. Yeah. That's it. Right. Mm -hmm. And you sold us on it in like about a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. We all got we very are. excited. Then we bought tickets. Yeah. That's the nutshell of it. That's, you know. Um, and, and, you know, I actually, I haven't talked about Chiloé on this podcast at all. Um, really at all. Or even on my blogs at all. Um, I, when, you know, when people think about Patagonia, they think big mountains, glaciers, spires, climbing, hiking, trekking, all those things. Um, it is more, I think more rare, less often that they think of Chiloé, that people even have been to Chiloé, that they know that there is a part of Patagonia that is so steeped in tradition 
where the people are so connected to their ancestry and really, really disconnected to pretty much everything else. Um, Chiloé is a is an archipelago of actually I don't know how many islands, lots, lots, lots of islands. Lots. Um, but the big island, which we refer to as Chiloé, is actually called Isla Grande. It's like the big island of the Chiloé arch- archipelago, but it's just south of the mainland um, here in Puerto Varas. It's only like it's probably a half hour drive and then a half hour ferry um, to get to Chile from here. And yeah, the reason that I wanted to take you guys there is because what you wanted was a, was a cultural story. Yeah. And yeah. Um, something that I could introduce to you, which to me said something that I know that I would like to introduce you to, mm-hmm. you know, and um, Chile really stood out to me for that because you were seeking food, <laughs> um, food and culture and remote sort of off the beaten path uh, travel experience. And I think that Chile really kind of encompasses that idea. Plus mm. I knew that once we arrived, there would be surprises. I think I told you this, like we can set up these things that we can do. And beyond that, things are going to happen every well, single day. Yeah. Well, anytime you tell a story, it's about those moments between the moments, right? Yeah. You could, you plan, you don't want to over plan it. You still want life to kind of happen around what you're doing yeah. and being able to chase these little stories mm-hmm. and find, you know, people that you just encounter on the road. Yeah. I think creating space for those things to happen to you is part of travel. Yeah. Which is challenging to do when you're on a production. Yeah. It's not like you just have like a 40 liter, 30 liter backpack and you hop (laughs) on the trail and just like wherever the wind takes you, you go. Right. It's like, well, no, we're hauling a lot of gear. Mm -hmm. We've got to create something and something that you chase down may very well be a dead end. Yeah. But down here, it doesn't seem like or it could at be, all. Everything was amazing. Yeah. Or it could be um, an introduction or a segue to something else. Right, like right. our first day, our first full day down here, um, we had decided we were going to go to this bay to try and shoot sunrise. And it was like one of those kind of want, want sunrises yeah. because it was just gray that yeah, day. And so yeah. we didn't really have a sunrise. But when we got to that bay, we noticed... Um, some oh, yeah. people God, what way was that, two out. months ago? I know. I know. <laughs> we noticed some people way, way out um, in the low, it was low tide. So they were way out there. Uh, and we were on shore, I suppose you could say. And they were way out in the, in the muck, in the sand. And they were harvesting seaweed. And we could see them through our telescope. We we're literally looking through a telescope because they were so far away to see them. Um, and we decided to go talk to these people. And so you guys were like, how do we get a camera out there? Let's figure this out. And so uh, we um, we sent our local guide, Rafa, uh, who is, he is actually the my partner that I work with on my group trips when I, when I like the, the Northern Patagonia trip that I did a couple of years ago, Rafa was my tour operator partner down there. And he helped us out with this trip too. And so he went trudging out there to talk to these guys to ask if we could, um, have them on camera if we could talk to them. And uh, meanwhile, we're trying to figure out how to make our way through the muck. And before I knew it, I'm asking <laughs> the one of the guys, one of the workers, if I could hitch a ride on his ox cart to get out to the place where they were. And meanwhile, Corey, harvesting seaweed. who yeah. is the guy that I'm shooting this yeah. with, it, and I are maybe a quarter mile from you trying yeah. to find a way across all of our production equipment. 
And uh, we just rolled up our pant legs and went. And we're like, Jackie hitched a ride on an ox cart. No! <laughs> we're like up to our knees in mud just trying to get as fast to capture that moment because that looks so cool. Yeah. Luckily, we were able to put the long lens on you and get a little bit of that. Yeah, that was fun. But that's exactly the kind of thing. Like, we did not plan for that. Oh. But that happened, and it was a great moment. We yeah. had a couple of hours that were dedicated to muck, like tre- trudging through the low tide to get to this place to talk to these people about what they were doing with this seaweed that they were harvesting. And which they were so stoked. It was so cool. They were so happy mm-hmm. to have us too. They were just like, wow, yeah. you guys are interested in what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably a first for them. Yes, I'm sure. So I got to pull sure. seaweed, which was a first for me. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And so, okay, with that in mind, what was your, now that we're done, now yes. that we're back, yeah. now that we're wrapped, yeah. we're back on the mainland, uh-huh. what did you think of Chiloé? Wow. <laughs> That's a big question, wow. too. Wow. Yeah. You know, um, I probably have to go back to my first impression of it when we landed, because we hit the ground running. Like, we were just like, from as soon as we got on the ferry, we started shooting. Yeah. And, yeah. um you know, we, we've got our bullet point of the story, like we spoke about that we that we need to hit, but also trying to find all these other stories. And what stood out to me was that nothing truly stood out in like a crazy punchy in the gut sort of way. Everything was subtle mm. and beautiful and nuanced. And it was about the smiles. Everybody was just so welcoming and the food was, oh my God, the food. Mm. <laughs> like... Yeah, you're living a couple episodes of Chef's Table at every restaurant you go to. Yeah. And just ah, the amount of pride that they take in their presentation and the flavors and how complex it is and pairing with the wines. And you're like, I've never been on like a proper food tour before. But mm-hmm. I feel like we were totally on like an amazing food tour. Dude, I know. It's funny. And then we go backpacking after. Yeah, exactly. And like look yep. at beautiful sunsets. Mm-hmm. And gosh. And we, we were talking a little bit about, like, trying to find familiarity when you travel, right? You're like, oh, this place reminds me yes. of this. This reminds me of this. This place reminds me of so many places, yet none at the same time. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. It's like, wow, does that look like Hawaii or is that Tuscany? I don't know. Or are know. we in Big Sur? Are like, we in Big Sur? Yeah. Because yeah, these, these trees are huge and mm-hmm. the ocean is just powerful and these waves are huge and people are surfing and, like, my God, it, it's, there isn't a lot here, but everything that's here is quality and there's just enough of it. If that makes any it sense. It totally does. And I was going <laughs> to add, it's intentional as well. Like yes. nothing is by accident. Everything is happening for a reason down here. Like every, even we've been talking about the design of these, the interior of these places. Like yeah. everything is super intentional. It's yeah. like, there's not a lot, but what there is matters it plays a role. Yeah. Same with ev- down to every last ingredient of every meal that we've eaten this week. Yeah. Down to the garnish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this, we made a film. Basically, we were shooting a film, which is meant to be kind of travel inspiration, like real, real travel stories connection um, that is brought to you by Osprey, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. When can we expect that to come out? Um, let's see. It's 
technically it is tied into a product launch. So there are some calendars that we have to kind of like work in there. Some secrets. Secrets, Um, guys. There are some new packs coming out this fall. They're going to be really cool. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I will say. We're launching a lot of new product every like six months or so. But like this one is like, I can't really talk about it yet, but it's really cool. And you guys will dig it. You'll know when it hits the market. But well, sure. You'll you will be, if you're following me, you'll be one of the first to know. You'll see it. There you go. Follow my Instagram. You'll see it at Traveling Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'll share the video too, of course, when it comes out. Yeah. Um, gosh, we're we're gonna have to rethink about the video because we could not stop rolling mm. the whole time. We got so much, so much. We're planning out like a five, seven minute piece. Mm-hmm. I just go big with it. Yeah, my <laughs> there's we'll so much. There's so it. much yeah. content. I'm very excited. Yeah. And there are lots of photos too. Lots of still images. Yeah, yeah. I've got a lot of gigs to sort when I get yeah, <laughs> back to cool. the studio. That's yeah, exciting. yeah, yeah. It's um, great. So moving on from the whole kind of production mm-hmm. thing, because you are a traveling photographer, sure. filmmaker. Yeah, and that I know that a lot of people out there are going to be able to relate to carrying equipment. Uh-huh. And sure. one of my favorite things to talk about is packing. Oh, good. Me too. <laughs> oh, <yay. laughs> Me too. And so... Um, there's an art to it. Yeah, there's definitely an art to it. Mm-hmm. And you, when you travel, when you take these trips, you're gone for like, what? Would you say two or three weeks at a time usually Sometimes, on these big ones? Yeah, on these big yeah. ones for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. And, and you have to be prepared with all of your equipment, but then you also have to pack for... <laughs> clothes and things like that so how do you do it and what kind of packs do you bring and how do you organize them and like how does a photographer what are what are your top tip packing tips for photographers out there fun where do i start Mm. um so i i rely on duffels and rolling duffels primarily Mm -hmm. um and that's what i use for um and i won't i won't won't make this a plug so i won't get too much into specifics but rolling duffels are great (laughs) for hauling around lots and lots but rolling duffels also they have Um, a water protective like like quality yeah like i could throw this on the top of a chicken bus when in the pouring rain and my stuff's gonna stay dry what's your favorite rolling duffel transporter rolling transporter so this is an Osprey pack. That's yeah, an Osprey. It's called a transporter. A and transport. there are different sizes mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, it's we make three different rugged. volumes. And the yeah. thing is tough as nails. Uh-huh. And it's relatively lightweight considering how big the thing is. Mm-hmm. And it's big enough for me to bring a good size tripod, like a good size carbon fiber tripod in there without having to compromise and go ultra light with everything. But you're always planning on, you always check, right? Yeah, I have to. Okay. I have to. With so yeah, with media stuff. Like this one, I was able to get away with just... Um, with just two duffels, because it wasn't like I was bringing a whole climbing rig or like a dive rig or something where I'm like, more pelican cases and more duffels mm-hmm. and more. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I was able to kind of go relatively light, and I actually was able to get a little more comfortable with my wardrobe, which was nice. I brought two <laughs> pairs of pants. <laughs> whoa, yeah. whoa, look out. Yeah. So, um, and, you know, you want to make some, leave some room to bring some stuff back. Like, I love bringing stuff back for my family. Yeah, you, know, you want to some get, souvenirs. Yeah, so I like you know have something that's a little bit. I left a little room, but um, I am probably about. I, I carry all my photo gear on. I don't okay. trust it, even if I pack, even if I bring a, a Pelican case. So like you know that's 
foam and everything. I can put lenses in there and you can mm-hmm. throw it off the top of a bus and it's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. It's happened a couple of times and everything was fine. <laughs> yeah. Also, your why you get your heart just stops and you're like, oh God, there goes the whole oh project, right? It's like, yeah. and you open it and usually the driver's like, whatever. Oh, like, I don't care. Gosh. Give me my money. I'm out. Um, yeah. Anyway, so we, um, yeah, I was able to get like about 40 pounds of, um, of lenses and a couple camera bodies and my kit and um, all that stuff just goes on my back. It's carry on size. And I know if everything gets lost. I still have that. And I could do like a running gun production and still come back with a product. Cause all you'd need to buy is clothes. All I need all to you, buy is clothes. You, so you check yeah. all of your, you and check, check your clothes, my clothes and everything. Yep. And you just carry your camera gear, yeah, essentially. Yeah, and, you know, like the bigger camera gear, like maybe some external monitors and stuff like that that's heavy and bulky. I'll, yeah. I'll put in the duffel and just pack stuff around it. Okay. And everything is, essentially everything's in a case in a case. Yeah. So I'll get specific cases for that product mm-hmm. and then put that in. And then I'll usually pack clothing around that just as a little extra, extra buffer mm-hmm. um, and toss that in the duffel. Mm-hmm. But um, for this trip, I brought a um, Osprey Camber 42. It's actually a ski pack. And um, I modified it so it takes uh, just a standard foam insert that I can put in there. And yeah, it's a ski pack. It's a snowboard pack, but it works great as a camera pack. That's really interesting to me. That's like a pack hack. Major major pack hack. Major pack hack. Yeah, because how does it open? Because that's the key, right? Yeah, you throw it down. Um, the front of it down and you unzip the back panel of it and it gives you access to the entire, your entire kit. Sort of not not too different than like a standard camera bag, like Mm -hmm. a big backpack style camera bag would be. So when you're on location, you just set it down and you, you have your entire kit right at your disposal. Mm -hmm. It's really easy to get into. The zippers are pretty bomber carries real well. Mm -hmm. Um, it's water resistant with the rain cover. It definitely helps in these conditions that we have. Yeah. You need that in Patagonia for sure. (laughs) So be sure to put a rain cover on it. But, um, yeah, so far, man, I've had the same one for five years now and it's still going strong. Wow. Yeah. But okay. So it's not, so you take the ski pack, but then what do you put inside to make it work for photography? Cause it's not just like throwing everything in. Yeah. You could get cubes essentially. You could kind of, you could find them online and it would just you measure out the insides of the, of the pack and make sure that the cube fits what you want to fit. It's like a modular foam, foam sort of in, Velcro. Yeah. Like standard can, like, camera bag look to okay. it. And then yeah. you could just move it around based upon your lens size or That's whatever else brilliant. is in your kit works really, really well. You could even put a smaller cube in there if you want more room for personal gear, like jackets and whatever else. <laughs> if you have picking. room for that. If you Priorities. have room for that. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, it's like, do I bring one less lens and bring a jacket and be warm? <laughs> or one more lens. Do I protect myself or my camera? Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, you know, it's how much are you, gonna, are you willing to suffer for your art? Yeah, <laughs> yeah so that thing has been great. Although I will say Osprey kind of spoiled me and made me a custom camera bag too that I use. It's a little bit smaller. It's so cool. <laughs> but it's it's on a similar, it's a very similar design. It's just slightly wider. Okay. Yeah. 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 We can never have enough backpacks. My God. I've shown you photos in my garage. Yeah. I've got a problem. <laughs> hey, you work for a pack company. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> What's totally. my excuse? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that I can't help you with. Uh, okay and then so yeah anything else with the packs themselves gosh well i mean that that's like i think that's like a your typical rig for traveling 
if, if you're going to do a backpacking shoot, it's completely different. Like you would have like mo- more mod, you'd go more modular with it. I want to bring a, a camera bag per se for that. I bring up my big backpacking pack mm-hmm. and I would put smaller like cube like packs within it. Yeah. And then that's what I would use to keep my gear safe while I, while I hike into and establish a base camp to then do shoots from that base camp. That you have to pack a lot more minimally because you're only taking the one. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's like maybe instead of bringing like five lenses, I'm bringing two or three. Mm-hmm. And um, depends how uh, how strong my, my assistant feels like yeah. <laughs> being to help me carry more gear. Um, wow. But yeah, uh, for the most part, I'll, um, I'll cube gear within it. Yeah. It, and then what do you do with really how much space is left over for, for personal gear? Yeah, It's so funny because I consider myself like a, an ultralight backpacker mm-hmm. on these shoots, but you want to know it by looking at like my 80 liter pack yeah, because it's right. all camera gear. Right. But like, I'll have like ultralight tents and ultralight sleeping bags. I pack down to like the size of a softball. And That's in there with it. Yeah. Everything's all in there. Oh, so you've got like your full backpacking kit. Plus, usually on average, about 20 pounds a gear or so mm-hmm. of tripods and sliders and whatever else you're bringing. So um, if you were to streamline my kit to take all the camera gear out, it would just be like a little, a little buddy. Yeah, <laughs> it would, right. So envious of those people. You only need like a 15 to 20 liter. Oh, my or, God. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Especially, I don't know how... It's like even easier for guys. It seems like my brother will show up on like a month long trip with a 20 liter pack. You know what will happen? He ends up carrying other people's stuff because no he's just got this little tiny no pack. Kidding. And he's oh, like funny. Sherpaing or funny. for other people. Well, you know? I mean, the bigger the pack you bring, the more crap you're going to take. That That's you true. And that That's just goes true. for everything. Yeah. Minimalism, Minimalism. is the key to yeah, packing for yeah, sure. Totally. Just bring what you need. What are like your favorite? your favorite go-to like pieces of equipment. Like, mm. is there anything you would never leave home without like, like camera gear? Photography? Oh yeah. yeah. Um, I've got one lens that I bring with me on 90% of my shoots. Um, that's my 24 to 70 L series two eight. And that thing is just a workhorse of a lens. Mm. So like you, you probably noticed it was on nine tenths of the time we were shooting because mm-hmm. you could, it, it's just beautiful glass. Um, it just, yeah, it's a great lens. Love it. Can't, can't say enough about it. But multifunctional. Oswell, multifunctional. And, yeah. That with a 70 to 200. And I love shooting wide as well. So I'll bring a 14 prime to really like, it, not many people shoot with that lens. Mm-hmm. So I think it kind of helps lend to a little bit more of a unique, I guess, unique style when you're shooting with it. So it's, it's that little fisheye looking lens, yeah, but it's yeah. not actually a fisheye, but it's, yeah, it's mm. meticular. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. So I love shooting that. And the way that like light seems to dance across that lens, it's just spectacular. Yeah. So, um, yeah, those are my three. Like if I can only bring three lenses, that's what I would bring. Those are your yeah. Three. If and, you could only bring one, what, ooh, which one? The 24 oh, to 70? God, that, <laughs> uh, 24 to 70. Yeah. 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 I think so. I've done a lot of shoots with that thing. And you use a Canon body. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all about Canon. And mm-hmm. just because that's what I've been using for a couple decades. So it's, that I've got muscle memory built in with that. Yeah, I'm too right. lazy to learn something Easy. new. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they make great stuff. Um, when I'm shooting video, I typically use Panasonic though, mm-hmm. the GH5. And it's beautiful with an external monitor. And so I don't want to get too nerdy on that, but. Um, Is that what we were using this week? Yeah. The little guy. Yeah. yeah. Man, that thing rocks. 
It's really good. The one that was attached to the gimbal. The gimbal, monitor, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And little Corey. Little, little Corey. Corey, Corey. <laughs> Corey's buff now. <laughs> Dude, hats up. Anytime I'm like, that. buddy, you want to you wanna tag out? I'll, I'll run the gimbal. I've got it, Dan. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. You just, you just do you, bud. Oh, <laughs> You're yeah. doing great. You're doing great. <laughs> hand, him, hand him a glass of wine every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. It's never mailed back. Some honey. Yeah, and some honey. Oh, God. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I would say that would be... Um, that's it for my for my for my camera kit. I would say I like to kind of streamline it. I yeah. think for this one, I brought like a, a macro lens as well, just to get some fun detail stuff. But it was like a four lens kit plus a couple native lenses for the Panasonic mm-hmm. um, tripod, fluid head. Tripod. What kind? What brand? Uh, Manfrotto. Okay, because Man, super Manfrotto. light, right? That's a yeah. That's, that's a pretty cool. light one. That yeah. was like I've got like a Gitso that's like super ultralight, but it's not. Like I could do photo and video with this one pretty well. And a drone. And a drone. Yeah, a little Mavic 2. Yeah. Phantom's pretty big. I need to bring the like, whole Pelican case for that. Yeah. The Phantom 2, the Ma- or Mavic 2, it's the size of an Algene bottle. Yeah. You bring one less lens sweet. and bring that and mm-hmm. you just up your production value like in a mind-blowing yep. capacity. You do have to be careful though speaking to people out there listening uh, that you're allowed to run drones yep. legally in the places that you go. That's because, absolutely right. Like we could hear it was not a problem, but in Southern Patagonia, it's a problem. Yeah. You've got to get permits like commercial. Per- I don't even know. It's like a big deal. Yeah. So yeah, there, there's... But that's really important. Don't run drones illegally people. <laughs> yep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> be aware. Be aware. Yeah. Back home, FAA, check it out. Yeah. <laughs> no fly zones. Well, it's funny the park, that national park that we went to, it's a no drone zone. That's true. Right when you the, paid in um, at the gate, the waterfalls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was That's thinking right. the whole time, I'm like, this would be a beautiful drone shot. <laughs> yeah. But it, I wonder if it's because of the volcanoes, or maybe they just don't want. Drones I think in they there. just don't want to ruin people's experience. I'll be honest. Like I always feel guilty having a drone, and I'm like, I'm gonna make it quick. I'm gonna be very deliberate about my shot. Yeah. And then I'm gonna get it, and I'm gonna put it away. And that's it. And if there's people around, like, for example, I do a lot of climbing photography and video and yeah. filmmaking. Like, I'll walk, if we're shooting, like, at a crag or, like, an alpine area where there's a lot of a lot of climbers, I'm like, hey, guys, we're going to be running this. Is everybody okay? Yeah. You know, like, just so you know, like, we're permitted, we're ready to go, the yeah. ranger's there, like, you know, like, we're, we're legally allowed to do this, but I think just to... Give, give people, people a heads, heads up. Because if I'm on route and I'm pulling through something really hard and somebody flies up drone over my head Oof, that could I'm be not gonna be too happy yeah you know so i i try to be as mindful of that as possible yeah that's good yeah. that's really good yeah yeah also um when it comes to photographing locals like it, we made yeah. it a really big point this week to approach everyone without the camera yeah. first mm. And say hi mm-hmm. and ask them if it was okay mm-hmm. to take their picture or get them on camera. Yeah, which um, is easy when you have a fixer like Rafa. Like Rafa, yeah. He's guy. just like, and mm-hmm. Rafa is so approachable and everyone, yeah. you, you can't say no to Rafa. Well, He's also so cool. in this culture, um, everyone talks to each other. It's a yeah. very communicative culture. It really is. Like, everyone's smiles, saying hello everyone's and hello. you just, I mean, yeah, you walk up to each other with smiles already before yeah. you even start talking. And yeah. then, so here we actually, I think there were almost nearly everybody was fine with it. Yeah. I you, you know, can do, but yeah, is, but we asked. It's first. very, it's, important. it's very interesting. Um, 
Because typically if I'm doing street photography and I'm usually, you know, I'm a little more shy about that, walking up to people in another culture and saying, can I take your photo? Mm-hmm. It's usually easier when I have the camera out mm-hmm. and I'm by myself when I do that. Because mm-hmm. as soon as you take the camera out, they're like, their eyes get wide and they're like, no, 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 I'm not into this. Yeah. But like as a solo photographer, I just want to get like a portrait or two. I have it out and I just point. Yeah. It's okay. Body but language. Like, exactly. Body language. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and usually they're like, oh, okay. It's, mm-hmm. it's already entered the scene with you. So yeah, it's already right. kind of part of what's up um, versus like, hey, you know, you're yeah. taking out this giant camera. Um, but here, yeah, we were able to just like send Rafa out. Be like, hey, <laughs> Rafa, see if it's cool if we fill them because it's beautiful what's going on. And they were yeah. all okay with it. Yeah, everybody was, it was really great. cool with yeah, it. Yeah. then, like I said, so much of what we filmed was really just getting those personal stories, these little mm-hmm. vignettes of these people. And it wouldn't have been the same if we didn't film the people of Patagonia, really. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. The locals in their element doing yeah. their thing. Doing their thing. With their real smiles and yeah. curiosity on the their faces. The old lady waving and... out the window at us. Oh my gosh, yeah. That Love was her. so cool. Love her. We um When we were in on Chiloé, when we were in Castro, there was a... Uh, it was actually right across the street from our hotel. Yeah. Um, there was a, just a woman's house and she was like this cute old woman standing in this window, just all smiles, waving with blowing both hands and blowing us kisses. It was like enough to like make you tear up. Yeah. It was so special. It was heart Oh, it was so cute. Yeah. yeah. Pretty. It's like, you can try and explain things like this to mm-hmm. people, but when you're there, and like that woman's blowing those kisses to you. Like, how does that make you feel? That's totally gosh. different than hearing a story. You know, oh it's like, gosh. man, I have not even spoken with this woman ever. She just showed up at the window. We're standing out here on the street with cameras. What the heck does she think of us? And she's blowing us kisses. Yep. Like, what? Yep. So, so cool. So amazing. <laughs> I really, I, I'm so excited to see how this edit comes together Me and i too. really hope we could do this place justice but hopefully it'll give people like a little taste of what it's about and what sustainable travel through the area is about mm-hmm. yeah definitely what this place has to offer and why it's important to keep it this way and explore it and spend time with the locals and yeah yeah see it for what it really is it's a totally different side of patagonia and that was Weren't you beforehand, you guys mentioned, a couple of you guys mentioned that you were thinking about this before is like, you know, you're going to Patagonia, but you're no, you know, you're not like yeah. going to see, yeah. you know, the big, impressive, like Patagonia. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not coming down here to climb Alpine routes with my buddies. I'm here to yeah. like dive into a culture and I haven't seen a mountain yet. Really? Well, we've seen the volcanoes from afar. From afar, yeah, when we flew like over them. Yeah, like on the clear day. Yep, yep. Yeah, at the beginning. Yeah, they are here. It's they're just, here. I know they're there. Right they're now, so close. Right now, they're getting poured it's rain on. In close. fact, it's getting louder. It is. Yeah, man, it's, <laughs> it's coming down out there. It really is. But that's okay. I know they're there. When I come back, because yeah. I will certainly come back. Yeah. Um, I'll see them then. Yeah. yeah. Well, you drank the calafate berry. Oh, you're coming back. That's true. Yeah. What a great tradition. <laughs> yeah. Well, it keeps working for me. I mean, here I am again. Yeah. So. How many times have you been back here now? Uh, I don't know. Cool. I don't know. <laughs> I have lost count now. No, no kidding. Like I've spent a lot of time down here in the last 
since 2015 when I first came down here. Really? At one point, I had been here more than I had been in Montana in those like three years. Wow. I spent more time in Patagonia than I had even in Montana. But wow. nothing wrong yeah. with that at all. No, it's, you know, it's just part of my mm. path and where my path has taken me. And it keeps bringing me back here because it's part of who I am now. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But it's been really cool to be able to share this with you guys. So. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We mm. feel so lucky that you shared this with us. Yeah. Thank you. And you could yeah. tell the, by the grins that we were wearing all week. I know. We were putting well, in, you know, 14 hour days, but we'd go to bed very well rested, yeah. happy and content to check more out. Yeah. Just exper- experiencing this place with someone who loves it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know it makes a difference. <laughs> the food makes it very easy to love it too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, know I know. Oh my God. Mind-blowing. Well, cool. Um, anything else that you'd like to add about travel photography or wow. here or dice? Gosh, you know. Um, oh, here. I'm going to ask you this. Yeah, Because this up? is... This is what you said your number one piece of advice when people contact you is how, not going to ask you to explain your whole path to us, but when someone sees the work that you do and where you've, I guess, arrived to and where you're heading, like in your position with Osprey, you're doing Mm -hmm. these big photo shoots. If Mm -hmm. there's someone out there who's aspiring to do travel photography like that, what's your number one piece of advice for them? Stick with it. That's it. That's really it. I can't tell you. How many times? It's hard out there. It's competitive. Yeah. It's one of the most competitive industries in in the field of photography is outdoor travel, adventure, whatever you want to call it. It's um, what everybody wants to do. And there's a certain romance behind what it's perceived to be, but it's a lot of work. It's a lot of marketing. It's a lot of sales. It's a lot of hustle. It's a lot of building contacts while you're improving your craft, right? If you stick with that, even when you just want to give up, you'll, you'll succeed because everybody, a lot of people just don't stick with it. I think that's true for so many things. So many things. It's also true about where I am now. Yeah. Like lots of people are wanting to get into the blogging world or even podcasting these days. And I mean, you've been in your position with Osprey for over five years. Yep. I've had this podcast for over five years. Mm -hmm. It takes time. It takes takes, time. It takes time. Yeah. That's good advice. Yeah. Before that, you know, it was like 12 years of freelance. Yeah. To get to that five-year right. mark. That's there right. you go. So, yeah. There you go. Yeah. It's just about, if you love it and you're good at what you do, it'll happen. Just got to stick that's with true. it. That's true. Yeah. Just got to stick with it. Awesome. Well, thank you, Dan, yeah, for man. coming on the yeah, show thanks, and having Jackie. a conversation with me. And <laughs> yeah, um, you guys, uh, if anybody wants to follow you, where do they find you? Uh, I do have an Instagram page, uh, dan.holz.photo. There you go. Yeah, Dan Holtz photo. Check out the website, danholzphotography.com. There you go. Cool. Thanks. And I'll share when the Oscar video comes out too later this yeah, year. I can't wait. Keep you guys uh, posted on the new packs <laughs> in that area. So cool. All right. Well, thanks, Dan. And safe travels today. Thanks yeah. for coming to Patagonia with yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do this again sometime. This sounds awesome. Great. <laughs> 
Okay, guys, Dan is on a plane and that officially wraps our Patagonia production. I hope you enjoyed listening to that. It's fun for me to do these recordings in person because it's so rare to be in the same place as the person that I want to talk to on this show. So thanks for listening and being part of that conversation today. We will be back to the hiking series in the next episode. So please stay tuned and safe travels. 